Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good Bad Brain is a production of Mind Jam Media. If you like Good Bad Brain, please check us out at patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. And also, if you like the show, leave us some reviews. Good reviews. They're helpful. They're lovely. Thank you. On with the show. Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is Welcome back to my good, bad brain, everybody. I, uh, this episode is a conversational episode with Ava Gordy. She's great. What am I trying to say? Intro. Intro's the businessy section that sort of creates the schwa into the start of the episode. I've been having some existential thoughts about my good, bad brain. I mean, in general, but what else is fucking new? And I mentioned this in the last podcast a little, if you listen to that brain breather, that I was thinking about stopping. That I had this goal to do this for a year which means only eight more episodes to get to 53, you know, which I'm getting, you know, 52 weeks, 53 weeks, I don't know, leap year, right, or something like that. So I thought that I would maybe stop because I was feeling like, I don't know what this is for, and I don't know what I'm doing, and sometimes does it make me feel worse? I don't know. You know, the navel-gazy kind of thing that can happen where sometimes you're focused on a problem too much and you feel like you just perpetuate the problem this feeling like that I was identifying myself with or as somebody fucked up and then I started feeling I was performing it I just got in my head about it and I had a little bit of a bad week recently and I don't know I missed a week it was one of the first times I missed a week a couple weeks ago and that sucked and I think that 
I don't know, it was a chicken or egg thing about like the bad head space I was in, feeling just like fucking bad about things. And and one of the feelings that I think one gets sometimes in those spaces is like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's just burn everything down, throw everything out, do something new. It'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> like some like coked up guy being like, let's start a restaurant. <laughs> um, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, my good bad brain is evolving all the time, much like the actual good bad brain that I have. And... I want to keep letting that happen and see where it goes. And I got several little messages randomly, like I do. They trickle in from y'all that it matters to people. And so we're going to definitely keep this fucking thing going. I don't know what form it's all going to take. One thing I'd really like to start doing is bringing in more listeners and so I would like if you are interested, I've had a couple people reach out to me already and we'll figure out how to do remote. Uh, I think I have it figured out now. I did a remote with Terry and there were some little technical errors I made, but I think I can, I have the solution. But if you are interested, because here's, here's the thought. The thought is, I think the strength of good, bad brain is the irony of saying my good, bad brain is that y'all have good, bad brains that are your own also. And that in this exploration of one person's good, bad brain, maybe many of us feel validated or recognize each other or connected in this way. And I do think that there's this invisible network of good, bad brains that already exists and that this podcast sometimes can serve just to highlight that and make us feel connected in that way, validated in that way. In a lot of ways, I'm realizing, because I'm very adamant that I'm not a professional and this is not therapy. In a lot of ways, it kind of reminds me of the things that I've had happen that helped me with Al-Anon, you know, 12-step program theory, basically, which seems to be that the magic of the program to some degree, the major magic of it seems to be just people sitting and talking and sharing their experiences. And when you hear your own experience come out of somebody else's mouth, it's like, fuck, wow. I thought I was the only one who went through that and something about it feels less impossible. And, um, that phrase always pops to me more possible that I just want to feel possible. And that when I'm stuck in a bad place, I'm feeling impossible. You know, it's weird. I don't know. That's always just a phrase. So part of that sense of fomenting possibility, I think always has had to do with the interviews because it was about interviewing other brains, uh, other people. And I definitely had the bent of initially wanting to like steal their secrets and offer answers and strategies and solutions. You know, for a while I would do that thing where I said practical piece of advice each episode. Here's your practical advice for this episode. But the truth is, I don't have practical answers all the time. I don't think anyone does. That's not to say there aren't strategies that I'll continue to offer, that there aren't strategies that continue to work for me, but they don't work 100% of the time, and I don't have access to them 100% of the time, and everyone else out there is different. And I think that the major strength of this really is just just the sharing, the hearing, the talking, the humanity, and the 
always, always doomed to fail attempts at understanding and comprehending and describing this experience of being a person in our good, bad brains and the mental stuff we all experience. So in the interests of more of that, I think I'd like to hear more from people out there who would like to share. And so if you listen and it's something that you would be interested in doing, just having some time to talk and put your experience out there into this container with me, reach out to me. Uh, you can usually get me on DMs and stuff, but a better spot would be to just email mygoodbadbrain at gmail.com. And maybe we can get this popping, you know? I think it might be a cool thing to start experiencing. I will continue to, you know, select people at random from my own life, for my own purposes <laughs> because I think they have something to offer or I want to ask them questions or just I think they'd be interesting to talk to or something. But I would just like to open the floor for that, that if you're out there and it sounds appealing to you, like I said, I've had some people reach out to me. Let's try to figure that out. I got a couple people I think lined up already I want to talk to, but I think that would be nice. Uh, also, because I... It's an awkward thing sometimes to ask people. I don't find it awkward because I'm just kind of weird. So I go, you got any like mental stuff, like mental health stuff? Probably, you know, that's how I usually say it. But, you know, not everyone wants to talk about if they have some thing that still might be stigmatized by society. So it's hard for me sometimes to find people based on different sort of mental uh, you know, prescribed, uh, uh, diagnosed disorders that are in the DSM. And the result is a, a melange of a lot of, you know, depression, anxiety, and, and, and obviously I touch on ADHD a lot because of that. But I kind of would like to continue speaking uh, to people who have specific things they've gone through that they think they'd like to share. And I, I would like to say that if you aren't sure if it would be valuable to anybody out there, because we all have that voice of self-doubt, it is. It just is. If you are experiencing something like this and you feel like coming on and talking about it, just share with me and other people out there your experience, which I won't edit unless you ask me to, but you know, that's very limited. <laughs> um, you know, it'll help someone, I think. I, I've seen it happen on this. So, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, include just, I don't know what you say in the subject line. I want to be, I would be, I would be interested in sharing. If you have a, a, a specific, maybe a DSM named thing that you want to pop in that bar, um, let me know. I, uh, Obviously, we'll always just have to be emphasizing to everyone that we're not professionals in any capacity. And for the audience and stuff, saying, I know that I'm opening up here to maybe unhealthy people, quote unquote, being on the show. And I'm going to do my best not to perpetuate any kind of fucked up stuff, but maybe we'll get some straight up crazy people just like me, just like other people on the show. I don't know. But I think that it would be valid and valuable to sort of have some of these experiences. Um, 
I got to check about age. I don't know. I don't have people sign releases for the show, which is something I probably should have done from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm going to check. You might have to be over 18 just to keep things, you know, I don't know, legal or something. I, I'm not sure. Um, I think I'm just going to enforce that for myself. So I apologize if you're under 18. Maybe I could do with like a parent's note or something. But um, no offense. I just think it's like legal. And I will say for myself, anything you're experiencing in your teenager is so fucking enormous and so real and so temporary. And I know how the internet works. And I wouldn't want anybody under 18 to be tied or anchored to any kind of existing thing that feels sort of permanent or whatever up here. So I think I'm just going to call the audible right now to say, we're going to limit this to folks who are uh, over 18, which may be an arbitrary number that our society's just decided, but you know, really I should probably make it over like 26 or something like that <laughs> when your brain quote unquote stops developing. But speaking of someone who's 33, I don't think that would really make much difference anyway. So that's that. Um, thank you. If you're on the Patreon, by the way, the Patreon's got a couple more subscribers lately and it would be fucking rad. If you're thinking about it, sign up there. Um, I don't know. This is why I'm saying that too, partly because I just come to appreciate it so much. Part of my thought here had to do with, I started this other podcast called, um, fight stuff which is about violence and it's totally different from this like this is probably the yin that's the yang i still am me so me and zeke my buddy who i've known for a better part of a decade making stuff with we talk about fighting uh fight sports martial arts violent history and uh things that are of interest to people who are interested in that stuff and it's a very different very irreverent very not safe for work. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm less like woke police with myself. I don't know. And that made me scared a little bit when I started doing that. Cause I was like, who am I? Am I this good, bad brain person? Am I this like bro I don't What am I? And I realized it's all just me. I'm just Jarrett. And I think it's good to try to just be who I am instinctively. And if I am offensive or I do fucking fucked up things, I'd rather just do them and have somebody tell me and then try to adjust in the future rather than just pretend I'm not like that and hide out of fear and, and fake things and, and not be honest and in that way make the world not better. I think it's better to like fuck up honestly and openly and then anybody can learn from those fuck ups rather than just be too scared to do anything or be scared of who you might be. And if you're into that, if you're interested in, if you do any kind of fight sports or into like violent history or inexplicably attracted to violence and you want to go have some silly, silly goose times about fighting, uh, check it out. Fight stuff. It's on everything now. It's on the iTunes and the Spotify and I'll probably make it a Patreon for that too. But in the thought of that and what we're thinking about doing for that podcast, I was thinking more about Good Bad Brain, which has been here for almost a year now. And what else we can do with it. And so that's a lot where this thought has come to opening the floor to more guests, more of each other to kind of create this space for each other to talk to each other. Um, I don't know. I've always 
had some idea somewhere in my head of creating something that would be, you know, in this world of vlogging and media and brands, uh, I've always wanted to be an actor because I was obsessed, I felt, with other people and the stories they have, the experiences they have. The idea of an actor as a narcissist or an egotist, I never understood the idea of a star or a celebrity because the obsession is about what being a person means and not even really knowing what I am and wanting to sort of better answer that question for myself and other people by exploring what it means to be people, to be a different person. And, um, you know, and then also just to entertain and sort of create more delight or fascination or fear or excitement, anything that just sort of reminds you that you're alive and that's exciting and part of this big thing. And with that and with how the internet works and whatnot, I'm always looking for ways, even my poem project, trying to get someone else to pick the numbers. There's kind of this thing of trying to figure out a way you could create almost like a humans of New York thing, a way that we could create a space where the focus was on each other that like the thing at the center of the stage i may be the ringleader the showman bringing something out but the thing that would be at the center of our circus and yeah i'm gonna go with that fucked up metaphor because it's funny to me would be each other would be the audience itself would be the individual human beings i really think that every person's a poem and everybody has something to offer so in the interest of that and this way too long check-in intro to this episode where I'm talking to a pal again. Um, yeah, I would love if we could create something with that. If my good, bad brain could become more co-created and that the stemming came from the fight stuff, that doing this yin yang, this yang aspect of me and re-examining the yin that I was getting ready to abandon because of my dissatisfaction or confusion or lack of awareness, I thought maybe we could just lean into it and open it up to each other and to people uh, out there. So that's that. Let's give it a shot. Let's see how this pod continues to grow and develop. Um, who knows? Who knows what it is? It's a place for us all to just I think live and make our living more possible as we explore our mental stuff and our existential stuff. And I think it would be great if some of y'all participate in that more directly, if you, if you felt like it. Um, yeah, moving into a brief intro because I've been such a long one talking about the state of things. Um, today I am joined by Ava Gordy, who I reached out to a little bit ago. Ava and I have always... Um, I just was aware of her. We kind of catch each other in and out of the doors, I feel, uh, at different jobs. Clever, uh, what's trending, hosting jobs in this new media space. And I just always thought she was so fucking cool. In something about her resonated too as like, you don't belong here, which is how I always felt in these places, this pop culture hosting kind of thing is like, you're good at this. And I totally get needing a gig, but especially as she started to be more artistic uh, in her expression on Instagram, 
uh, with her dance and just her style. I was like, fuck, it was cool. And something about it always made me feel good. It just made me feel like more possible. I really think that's the thing I'm looking for out there. Something resonant and expressive and like, oh, dude, you're fucking going through the world in a wonderful way. And that makes me feel inspired to do it too. And that feeling made me want to have her on the pot because we barely know each other um, just in a friendly way. And here I was feeling like fucking more possible because of this person. So I wanted to talk to her about that. So I asked her on. I end up finding out there's kind of a lot of parallel similarities. So this resonance that I felt kind of feels founded. And um, man, it's just a delightful talk about all kinds of stuff, um, especially like gender identity and and changing over time and forgiveness of ourselves and others, especially in the call-out culture um, that we live in. Yeah, it was just an awesome hang. And you kind of get to hang with us because we didn't chat for too long. I, I had to check. When I walked up to my house, I was walking back from a coffee place nearby and she was outside the gate. And I asked her to walk with me to uh, go check. I, I thought my car might have been parked in the street cleaning in the wrong spot and city problems. So we chatted a little bit, but maybe 10 or 15 minutes, not too long before we get into this talk and I think you really get to hear us hanging out for the first time uh and I think I'm realizing more and more that's a thing that happens this podcast a lot and with the talking stick of the mic and this sort of strange imbued space we enter with just the intention of exploring these topics of being a person of mental health whatever my good bad brain I, it creates a definitely a, an elevated sort of enhanced knowing or attempts to get to know. It's more formal than just sitting and talking with someone about nothing. But in ways, it feels almost realer. It feels truer. Because the artist in you that's interested in expressing truth is on blast. Because you're here consciously creating you've created this space this container to hold a creation in and so the creation the center drive the core drive of all creation is a seeking of truth i think so yeah it's kind of dope i don't know i think it's nice to just sit and be in the room as a person gets to know another person in a conscious way for the first time yeah so I hope you dig it. I really enjoyed it. I feel like I made a new friend out of someone who was just an acquaintance. You know, probably would have said we're friends, but now I think we're friends. And that's fucking rad. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. Let's talk to the lovely uh, possible making, you know, this this other weirdo, this other good bad brain out there who's out there without even knowing what she's doing, inspiring, and just honest. We get so honest in this, talking about the weirdness of money, why we have some money issues, the gender stuff, and our gender and beauty norm issues, dance and what that is. It's just a delightful time, and I hope that you get something out of it. Here we go. Ava Gordon. Great. 
talk a little bit? Hello, I'm talking a little bit. Okay. This feels nice. This feels like miked therapy. Yeah, like well, you're in kind of like a therapist chair. That is a little bit of a therapist chair. And I could like lay back. You know, it's, I mean, it's true. That's true. I'm not, I, I always say I'm like trying not to let these be therapy sessions because I'm not qualified to do that. Of course. But. But people like talking. They tell, I, I think we all, yeah, people, people be talking. Yeah, man. People love to be talking. And there's, this is an opportunity to just get it all out. Yeah, I, uh. I've continued to be struck by the the power of just just people talking mm-hmm. to each other. And um definitely for myself it becomes more and more therapy ish, therapeutic when I'm especially in the brain breather episodes where I'm just talking to myself by myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I try to avoid because I think it's I think sometimes therapy, the idea of therapy can be so scary and like off putting. Yeah. Once you like ensconce this notion of we're just two people talking into no, we're therapying. Yeah, you're analyzing me. Right, which I am not. You <laughs> well, know. right, I mean, well, this doesn't. Well, this doesn't feel like therapy in the sense where you're a therapist. It just feels like therapy, and like I can talk yeah, about that, anything. That I think is you, which you can. I think is like. Um, have you ever done like Al-Anon or any 12-step stuff, AA kind of stuff? I have actually been helping a friend right now. Yeah. And I went to like a few meetings yes. to see what it's about. And yeah. Al-Anons or other kinds of I went thing. to her AA meetings with her. Yeah. I, um, I've gone to a couple AA meetings with mm-hmm. other people, but I've gone to Al-Anon for myself and some things. And um, that's an interesting example, I think, of the power of just people yeah. talking to each other. Yeah. Because you're, you're finds, not in your pros. You're just... Right. She finds like so much... I don't know... She relates to it so much whenever she hears shares, and I find I get it yeah. a lot more when I hear those shares. So I'm like, wow, this is yeah. great. Yeah, it's really helpful. I, um, I didn't mean to like put you on the spot. I think it's all right. I think there's like a whole like thing about uh, the etiquette of not exposing people. I know, but um, I didn't, I didn't mean say that. I didn't say anything. Yeah, in particular. No, you didn't. No, yeah. you didn't. Um, yeah, but that uh, just talking to people, mm-hmm. and I'm continuing to be struck by that because I'm getting like a weird spot with this i'm always am this podcast is such a weird thing i've talked to other people you know maybe you can make it more of a show and i'm like yeah i know i know i could do that i'm trying but the nature of this thing has been not that and it serves like me in a way that is not for that i'm coming up on doing it for a year which is like the first thing i've done consistently maybe for a year i mean Mm -hmm. i missed a week last week but um i don't know yeah yeah just I, this amorphous thing that seems to be what people yeah. like about it is that it's like a weird place where we all, and I think that we, there's like a royal we mm-hmm. that like they're it, trying to create a space for anybody to come feel valid and, you know. Yeah. No, I think making it too gimmicky, podcasty show like yeah. could ruin the, the vibe. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. some podcasts just don't need that. I'm definitely, it's definitely about the vibe. It's about the vibe. I think the bro. thing I want to do, if anything, is just try to make more of the vibe. I put one thing out called a dream tape that I made a long time ago, which mm-hmm. is like kind of like music, ambient, and some spoken word stuff and things. Cool. And I do like that. I think that would be more, it would be kind of neat to yeah. push that aspect of, you know... <laughs> Like yeah. creating a space. I know. So I asked you to be on this podcast. I, this podcast kind of like happens. People come on the show for all different reasons. This is mm. another thing I was thinking about today was 
because I had somebody reach out to me and ask to be on the show who's like a listener. And I'm cool. really, in the past that's happened a little bit, but for some reason this struck me at this moment that I was like, I think that's going to be a new avenue because this has definitely become a space. My thought was that like initially I was just approaching people I knew who I knew had mental health things mm-hmm. or didn't know, but had some way of being and going through the world that I was like, oh, fuck that. I want to just know their secrets. I don't know. Like, how are you okay or, or not okay? <laughs> yeah. Or how do you get through? Interesting. And and as that went, and then I think there's also a tendency to ask like influencery friends and things mm. like that, mm-hmm. which you do kind of fall into that category. But I've started to, like started to go away from that because I do think influencery types tend to have a similar set of unique life circumstances yes. that is different than a lot of other folks with good bad brains right um and i think that's important more and more to like be talking to these unexamined life yeah. brains because that's it's very valid much more of our experience even people who are in public eye mm-hmm. is like so private tech you know basically right and, and then i've gotten to this idea now i think i'm going to start reaching out more to like allowing people to speak because I was worried about asking people on the show who I didn't deem sane or something like that. You know what I mean? Like who I didn't know and I couldn't vouch for. And then I realized I can't really vouch for anyone. I I, I don't know who anyone is. The people, even the people that I seem to like be like, Oh, they should come and talk. They seem to go through the world in a good way. Hmm. Those people, I was like, I don't fucking know. You know, I I really don't. Well, you're guessing. And and everybody has had some kind of mind, fuck that yeah. they've been through that they can talk about yeah despite like even if they're not diagnosed especially more and more some people who are diagnosed and maybe with some more like difficult or you know things more like life uh, altering things right that, you know that um not events but like you know schizophrenia or things like mm-hmm. that that i think would be interesting to if i could find anybody who wanted to or i've had some people reach out so i think i'm gonna like start going that way with you, I think you fall into very much um, that realm uh, of of the former more than the other, mm. where I didn't, I don't know anything about you. I know you like <laughs> tangentially, you know, I know you like mm-hmm. in the world where we, we were hosted at the same yeah. places and we'd always miss each other on the way out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it mostly had to do with like, your Instagram presence, I guess, which yeah. is the, where I'd see you the most. And I knew that you did some dance stuff and then you cut your hair and you had this like <laughs> style and, and it sounds funny. It sounds almost superficial, I guess, to, um, cite those things as why somebody appeals to you. Mm-hmm. But I do think like, at least the haircutting in our culture has like a significant, much more like cultural significance. Cause right. you, cause you're a girl and you cut all your hair off. And I apologize. I don't know if you like prefer another gender thing. No, or something. I actually, I mean, we can talk about it if you want, but yeah, well, so that, that was later. kind of the, the realm I wanted to, I, that's why I reached out initially, I guess yeah. I was just like, and I think I messaged you something too, just like how your shit just like, inspires me like i see your presence online and i'm just like fuck ava's cool like and and that's such a funny like cool is such a silly word but right in a world that's uh global warming that's so hot all the time no but you know what i mean i don't know there's something that, about it i remember that getting that message yeah and it means a lot to yeah, me great to hear that no yeah. it's cool i i and i don't know what i'm doing like, I just want to put things that are like that feel authentic to me and feel scary. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like everything that I post is I'm scared, mm-hmm. but 
because it feels so close to me. Okay. Like, cause I don't feel fake. Yep. And I don't feel like not authentic, but I think I'm so scared that people are going to think I'm like doing too much or trying really hard or yeah. maybe I'm bad. Like, am I a bad dancer? And Dude. I don't know. Okay. You know, like, so a lot of those yeah. things, I, I, I just feel, sc- I think all of those things not too, about you, but I mean myself, but you know, and I just want to think like, okay, this is how I am in this moment. And I want to share it because yeah. mostly I want to look back on it for myself. That I agree with that. Maybe that's what resonated because I do try to like, I do like Instagram a lot. And I think, I think of myself like, these are going to be cool pictures to look at when mm-hmm. I'm old or if I have like, you know, my nephew's older and stuff like that. But, but like that, that is so tough for me. I don't know because, it, you know, I want to work in entertainment and want to be an actor still. And so much of that shit, especially if you're like a, a, a brand, like a YouTube mm-hmm. brand, like you're supposed to like have some brand. And it, and it makes me uncomfortable sometimes in different ways like and one of them is this tendency to be like okay so i've done this good bad brain thing and being like vulnerable is something people seem to like but then i've started to get like resentful of it in myself where i'm like oh am i identifying too much as like this person this like fucked up person who's like sad and vulnerable all the time and partly it's like well you are sad and vulnerable all the time (laughs) but also like this I'm also not that I did jujitsu and I'm kind of a bro and I'm kind of like a piece of shit that's sometimes. A, I've never gotten that vibe from you. Well, that's I wouldn't good. say that the brand I get from you is like sad and vulnerable. Well, that's good. That's great to hear. But I just, I, I guess think it's a mix. Well, that's good. You know what I mean? Where you, yes, but I totally you, get like that. You get trapped in like, well, this is the, this is what I think of my brand. And maybe it is that whatever I fell into, because if I just felt like I was being bro or athlete guy or something, mm-hmm. or, you know, like not even when I say the bro athlete thing, it's more this kind of thing of like, here's the yin yangs. I feel like I bounce between my life is like ultra sensitivity. Every moment is pain. Mm-hmm. Every person's a poem. <laughs> everything's so beautiful and overwhelming. Yeah. And I want to die. Yeah. And then just like, yeah, fuck it. What am I talking? Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like get it together. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like hard on those yin yangs. Well, this is why the idea of a brand is impossible. You can't market yourself as just one thing and then feel that way the rest of your life. Like it will just change naturally. Like there are so many people that I still look at who are apologizing all the time for posting what they want to post. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm really sorry if you guys don't want to see this, but I, you know, this is, I hope you enjoy it. Or some of you at least, you know, there's like so many people who are very timid about the things they share because it's not their brand or they feel like they've strayed from their brand and they're going to lose people because of it. But it's who you are. If you want to post something, if you want to say something, if you want to do something, post it. Yeah. You know, I I I do feel like I've gotten far from, from scared. I used to be like, like very, like my feed matched. Like I edited every photo to like make all my photos look the fucking same. Cause yeah. I thought that that was like an important thing to do. Uh, and then it just got like really exhausting. And I'm yeah. like, am I really exhausted yeah. by my feed? Cause that's dumb. Yeah, right. And I can't do that to myself. But in the moment, that's like what I wanted to do. So I can't like, yeah, that's I try to. Th- that's a good attitude to have about it. That moment to moment okayness with whatever your impulse is. Yeah, that's tough. It 
is. It is. I'm not going to say it's not. Because you like look back on yourself sometimes and you're like, oh. I know. I don't want to look at that. Like, I guess that's what I wanted to do. But it feels very try hard to me. Yeah. And try, why, why do you think try hard is such it's a such fucking a awful thing. concept? Because it is. It feels, meaning, yeah. not like, I'm not, I'm not saying it is absolutely. No, 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 I can look I it know. objectively and go like, oh, everyone's fine. We're all tryhards right? fine. But like, why do you think tryhard feels so fucking gross? It does feel, I don't know. And those people who are able to pull off the illusion of it, people that, and they seem to have a lot of, you know, laud, lauds, lauded, they, mm-hmm. they're lauded for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when... You have no fucking idea if it's try hard or not. I know. I find myself like, yeah, for sure. I guess what I, I guess part of the yin yang thing too is like this argument between like your organic weird instinctive reaction to things, mm-hmm. which feels very programmed and very like the cology stuff we were talking about, right. or, or or like my higher self of how I quote unquote really feel. Yeah. And one thing I I'm constantly struck by is how like things that I don't really care about, like youth obsession or things like that, mm-hmm. I'm like instinctively will be like, um, oh, I'm never going to be like just an effortlessly cool kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess I've felt those things too. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's, oh, I don't know how to explain myself sometimes. No one does. I always feel like I have the perfect words and then I don't because it's in my head, but I can't get it out try Sorry. that's why you're a dancer i know it's that's so much easier true. it that's, really I, yeah. that's why i'm so fucking jealous and i inspired by dancers because i think you, you have the shortest uh you have the shortest production line from impulse to creation yeah which I'm, is which is why i like acting also but acting does require like words to some degree sometimes not but that's also why i like acting it's a very add friendly where you can working with a director or something and they, 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 you get ideas and they're like, all right, well, let me try another take. Let me try this. Yeah. And then you just stop talking and you go do a thing and they're like, that's it. Yeah. And that, that's so satisfying as opposed to like, if you want to make a movie or, right. you know, music, you have to like write and do all this stuff. I've always been jealous of eloquent speakers though. Like I yeah. like that I can, you know, I have a medium of dance where I can share, you know, what I feel in that moment. But I get jealous when people just talk well. Yeah, I'm always like, that. damn, that was beautiful. <laughs> or they say the right thing and you're just like, wow. I and I don't ever feel like I have said something that was that poignant. <laughs> like when I listen to some people talk, I'm like, how do you formulate the words? I'm going to let you keep talking while yeah. I blow my nose. On a dollar bill? No, I, oh my God, that would have been sick. <laughs> that would have been so yeah, funny if you were just like, listen, I'm so fucking rich. I'd I blow my yeah, nose on that's how bills. I am. I'm yeah. definitely so rich. Please subscribe to the Patreon. I need it. I need it so bad. <laughs> Give Jarrett more dollar bills so he can blow his name, his nose into it. Oh my God. A dollar a podcast helps a lot. This is good podcasting. Am I saying the right things? Balling. At least it's not directly into the mic. You really could have gone for it. I know. I was being friendly. He's been sick, I've been guys. Sick I've been on antibiotics for like four days. It's all healthy now. But there's still, it's all cleaning out. Oh, for sure. I have no equilibrium in my brain right now. It's very <laughs> disorienting. It's one of my ears hopefully pops. Um, Do you edit these? No. Question? Not no. usually. Sometimes. I mean, if you say like some racist stuff or something, I'll <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I was really planning on just saying a bunch of offensive shit. Yeah, because after all that talk about transparency, mm. I'm still going to protect people from everyone <laughs> wow. knowing how evil they are. Wow, interesting. <laughs> Would I do that? Maybe. Probably not. Do you do what? Would I do that for someone? Cut out their evil? Yeah. 
cut out their evil. Damn. Yeah, I mean. You said that in such a poetic way. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of eloquent, uh-huh. I also think, I think about that eloquent thing. If you just say, I'll uh, talk all the time, eventually you'll do something good. Yeah, I just have I a guess. shotgun approach to talking. Yeah. The problem is I don't know how to edit, you know? I, I, sorry, this is so unrelated, but I keep hearing your Chicago accent. Yeah. And I'm also from Chicago. You are? And I feel oh, we'll like we this, Yeah, maybe. I feel like it's come up. Where are you from? But then I forget. I'm originally from Lamont, mm. which is near Downers Grove, like yeah. Orland Park kind of. Yeah, I'm of. from Highland Park originally. Okay. And then I moved to Elmwood Park. Where's Elmwood Park? Is which like is like... West side of the city? Yeah, yeah. It's just outside the city on the west side. Is it by Oak Park? Yes. Yeah. It is right there because when i was a kid i uh my godfather's had kid they they lived like in oak park and mm-hmm. I, I but i don't remember it i remember just going to oak park when i yeah. was a tiny kid i don't know anything about it yeah that's right how long have you been out here um it'll be five years soon how old are you i'm 26 oh, okay you're younger mm-hmm. than i thought um i don't mean that in like i'm some people are weird about age now that's but right. i'm like um I just think everybody's my age you know yeah so i'm like I think that's kind of how older. i i yeah. i thought you were older than i thought Oh, really? Mm-hmm. How old did you think I was? Probably just 30. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I thought you were saying you thought I was older than 33. And oh, like, no. Uh, when you like, oh, said oh. 33, I was like, oh, 33, yeah. huh? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I know. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. That's how I feel, too. Mm-hmm. 33, huh? Fuck. 33, huh? <laughs> I, even 26 is different to say because I, I turned 26 in January, which I guess is not that short of time ago, but yeah. 26 still feels weird to say. 26 is, I do think 25-ish is like a big, it's a big step. Yeah. Plus you're hitting your, I think 27 is the one to survive traditionally for entertainers, you know? But it is real that I think there's a tough, that's a tough window. Mm-hmm. You seem to be doing okay though. I mean, I'm poor, but other than that, I'm okay. I'm poor too. Yeah. It's poor is hard. Here. Poor is hard in LA. It, it hurts my feelings. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like I hurt yeah because i'm like i what can i i can't buy anything yeah i can't can't get groceries until i get my paycheck yeah i can't i'm like hoping to god i make rent i gotta say it's rough it's better that you're there because i i've been bad like about um budgeting and knowing how to do things yeah i think it does create this very like feast or famine mentality Mm -hmm. too uh and creates i I mean i i'm trying this like part late in my life to like sort out money trauma in a big way which sounds like that sounds so fucking modern snowflakey to say my money trauma or something but but yeah it's true i got some ideas about money when i was younger it came from basically i was like working as a bus boy at this restaurant in high school Mm -hmm. and you know i'd work like all fucking weekend your feet would hurt because you had to wear these dress shoes and just like horrible and barely make enough money to like pay my cell phone bill or something and then um and then I got like a voiceover job and I make like a grand in 20 minutes. And you were like, right. So all this idea of like you work hard and then mm-hmm. that's not real, I guess, huh, guys? And uh, and that kind of fucked me up and then continued to just, I don't know, my family went through weird phases too. Like when I was young, young, we were like pretty well off. Like we were pretty fucking rich by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. Right. My, my dad was like a same. lawyer. We have the same. Yeah. And then this my dad the got same. like disbarred and had some, really? Dude, my he wasn't a lawyer, but like he yeah. was making a lot of money, and then his company went under, mm-hmm. um, and then it was like dire. Yeah. So we went from like very well off. Yeah. To just 
dire and my mom did not adjust yeah spent so much money yeah my, like, my family's pretty much like that yeah and, and then it, i got horrible money habits yeah because i just don't know what it means right because i don't get it and it doesn't seem to make sense to me that you know this silly thing that seems meaningless affects like if your electricity works or not mm-hmm. you know or it just uh yeah, it's, it's I feel really weird. privileged in a lot of ways because of how I was raised and brought up. Well, you know what's one thing about that, that you might have some similar thing to that? Because mm-hmm. I grew up in Highland Park, which is like a really rich area. And even when things were like getting weird, like you don't know what's going on between behind anybody's doors. Like like we lived in this nice place, and these nice houses. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, like the power would be getting shut off and like a lot of craziness. Yeah. Uh, but also I realized like, being do you grow like rich kids or like yeah yeah. so so like you'd have these sleepovers that are houses and and, you know being these houses my god insane 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 movie theaters and shit yeah Mm -hmm. and and it's i realized like what a weird privilege it is to just like be comfortable around wealth right in the sense that like because then i spent so much time away from it Mm -hmm. that you know recently again i like helped somebody move or something like that and and was in this like insane house again and just being like, this house has a fucking elevator in it. Yeah. And being like, dude, this is nuts. if I didn't grow up around these houses and I came into one of these yeah. and I had always lived in a part, I'd be like, we should guillotine the rich and eat them now. Yeah. Like, like people live like this. It's wild. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and I think there's something too weird about like while we're on the topic of like class and money and stuff is like rich people love to give other rich people money mm-hmm. and um that's like a real thing you see it pass back and forth in yeah. business or whatever and if people just get the sense that you are also wealthy they'll like be like oh here you're in this club you should right. have this stuff you know right and um and i've noticed it in my brother and people who like in some of their business dealings in the past like just their ability to be comfortable about rich people be in rich environments and not like it's not weird to them yeah is definitely like a weird leg up yeah yeah you know? And and I feel like once you like go into the starving artist thing, it's super weird. It's super weird to like be around people who are rich and have that be this elephant in the room to some degree mm-hmm. as uh, you know late stage capitalism and like entertainers and whatever. Yeah, and I don't know how to, to act. act. Like it's not a big deal. I'm like very strange. I don't know how to act. I mean, I can't tell you how many fucking cocktail hour entertainment business things I've been to where I was like. I'm going to eat a lot of this food. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Where I'm like, I'm yeah, going to go crazy I, at this snack table. I go to some, like I'm invited to some random party that's like really ritzy. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't fit here, dude. No. Well, you realize like entertainment industry stuff, like one of the best parts and perks of it is like they buy your lunch. Yeah. And shit like that. And I, and I definitely for a year, I mean, I still have like a little bit of a scarcity mentality oh where I'm like, if it's, if someone else is paying for it, if it's like, I steal craft I, services. Yeah, Cause no. I'm like, I need these chips. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like anytime, anytime we have a shoot, I'm, I'm like very serious, uh, about like, whatever's left over from yeah. lunch i'm like who's taking this stuff home mm-hmm. like because i know there's some fucking pas here i know there's people who are like yeah this is legit like y- you do have roommates you want to take this tray of potatoes yeah. that's left over because yeah, yeah I, we're it's all weird dying yeah isn't it <laughs> like, it's very strange yeah. it's very strange to live in this time where ostensibly we're all free and equal and anybody can make their way and yes. there's truth to that i see that all the time yeah. sure but but also it's sort of like this late stage. It's like kind of a new kind of feudalism is how it feels mm-hmm. where you really are just hoping we're all hoping that like one of the 
MCNs or whatever, some company, some media conglomerate, we get some crumbs from the table and we get a job. And, and then you're like a yeah. surf. You're like a surf to that lord, to that fiefdom. Yep. And how good it feels to be a surf because you're under their wing. Uh-huh. And then the company shuts down. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> now i got to convince another lord. I know. It's very Game of Thrones out there. Yeah. And, and I'm like, do I even want to convince another fucking conglomerate-ass company to take me on just so they can shut down and I can be fucked again? Right. In this like media industry, which yeah. is so unreliable and so not stable. The second you think you're right. stable, it collapses. Yes, that's definitely true. Yeah. Dave, is that your experience? Do you think, do you feel that, that philosophy generally? Yeah. Do you think that's because of your family and stuff? Ooh. I mean, I don't it mean might, this is a therapy no, question. I'm might have a lot. myself. <laughs> it, it really might have a lot to do with my dad's company being like, kind of hit or miss yeah like depending on where he was we were either like so well off or like really struggling by the way isn't that funny that we both say well off do you say comfortable too comfortable yeah but but i i'm not ashamed to admit and i I know i I don't think you are i just think it's funny that we learn the same dialect i think comfortable is like definitely notches below where we were at certain points yeah yeah like because like it was ve- i just like, noticed even very rich kids i can look back now and be like oh you were rich yeah family, we're i guess i don't to say, say rich. we're comfortable I, I haven't said rich a lot no one ever says that no, to one, describe no one would themselves. ever say that yeah. it's hard to say it's weird it is strange but yeah like and i think losing well, also because like what's rich you know <laughs> i know like where is the line yeah because i was rich but there was much richer yeah like that's just fact yeah we live in a very strange world well anyways i don't know i was just saying like having companies shut down underneath me has also been very annoying well i i I have a tendency to feel i i always had this phrase in my head that like you stand on rugs so that they can be pulled out from under you yeah that like that was just the pattern and way of life Mm -hmm. was like (laughs) you know yeah and uh and that's something i'm trying to shake because because it's it's prevented me from I think trying to build too much of my own because I'm like, everything falls apart, which yeah. is a bad assumption to go through life with. I might, you know what? I might get to that point, but I think right now I'm at the point where why don't I just do things for myself yeah, and good. hope that they take off and do well Yeah, and be successful. I, like that's all I can do. I mean, at the time I'm like still trying to find work yeah. that I would enjoy maybe hosting. I don't know. You don't know. I mean, especially after Defy closed, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't fit in at Clever. It was wild that I was there. Well, neither did I. That's that's part of why I think maybe on the fringes, I was always like, oh, I've seen Because I felt that way about you at um, fucking What's Trending, What's too. Trending, yeah. I, I always felt this weird. I was like glad for the work and the opportunity. It was strange to go in there. I mean, mm-hmm. when I worked at Clever, I got this job at Clever early um, actually Lisa Schwartz recommended me to go in yeah. and I, and I auditioned and had good chemistry with, uh, Tracy. And we ended up doing this like top man on the street show for a while The they didn't know what they showed that show to be. They just knew it was about pop culture. And I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about pop culture. Every week I'd be joking about like, Hey, th- uh, do you guys want to talk about this part of the Syrian civil war on the street today? Do you think that- <laughs> oh no, let's do Fetty Wap lyrics again. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, all right, fine. Which is so silly. But like, I still think a man on the street show about like very topical fucked up things because people Would say be, the craziest yeah. shit. They'll just give you the stupidest opinions. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I felt very strange there so much so that like 
they made us reshoot the first promo because I was wearing a t-shirt that had a rip in it or something. They were like, he's just wearing a t-shirt and they made, they're like this wardrobe and it became this whole joke forever about like my t-shirts or something that I was like, so I had to put these like preppier kind of wardrobe on and it was just such a weird. This was a thing for me too. Yeah. I had to really fight with the makeup artists. It was, it was a, uh, a really big problem for me as far as my gender went. Cause at the time I was like, I'm done yeah. wearing like fucking false eyelashes. Like this yeah. is crazy. And when I went in there immediately, they were like, okay, go into hair and makeup. And they, I didn't say a word and they like caked me yeah. in something that did not look like me. The very clever yeah. e-news. And like, <laughs> listen, I, it looks gorgeous on so many of those girls. Totally. Like they're beautiful women there. Yeah. But to me, I was like, this is wrong. And it I just felt wrong. Yeah. It felt very wrong. And all of a sudden I started conforming to it. Cause I was like, I have to, to yeah. keep this job. Well, how does that feel? I'm mean, that's interesting to me here. Like I, I just will offer that when I, the few times I've been like, they get glammed up makeup. Mm-hmm. Like I did a, the first time I got like full glam was like, I did this Ingrid Michaelson music video that um, and a friend directed the video. And I guess somebody came, it, they, were, they were trying to recreate this old music video of uh, I forget the fucking name. But like um, anyway, which the original one was with women and his very 80s, like slick back hair and big mm-hmm. red lips and this whole thing. And they just gender swapped it. And uh, mostly gender swapped it. There's some women mixed in, too. But the whole idea was to make it more like genderqueer, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh and so I came in and it was basically like full drag, basically, but without the wig, like okay. just eyelashes and big red lips and like all this stuff, like heavy. And I remember being like, whoa, I was like, I'm so pretty. Like, I really liked it. It felt good. Um, and, and so that's why I'm, I was just offering like my weird experience I'm, of my limited exposure to big makeup. But you're saying you'd get it on. And then you'd I be like, am Ooh. sure that if I grew up a man. You'd and they way. first did that to me, I'd be like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, that makes sense. But because I have gone through a lot of phases in my life where I was, I had a beauty channel. I was making makeup mm, tutorials. Mm. I was not bad at following trends and figuring that shit out. And then I realized I didn't know who I was doing that for. Yeah. I went through a really big thing where I was, I was like trying so hard. I was like, don't put on makeup. Don't do it. You have to be comfortable with your face because I would look in the mirror at my natural face and be like, that's hideous. Interesting. And I couldn't leave my house and that's fucked up. Yes. Which is why that collology episode of ologies was so fascinating to me. Right. Because I went through that and I didn't know any other way. And so when I finally gave it up and, and then like a year later, clever's like caking me with makeup it was very hard. Oh, so that went, oh, I see. So yeah, like I first. had already given it up. And then I went back to it. And so it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like, oh, this is fun to do again sometimes. It felt like, fuck this again. Yeah. And like the award shows, like needing to wear a dress was fucking weird. I know. I called in sick one day because I put on a dress <sighs> and I was like, oh no. You just didn't like it? And, wow. then, and then I like, because at that time I didn't have the wardrobe I have now. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, do, am I, am I a man? Like fully? I was well, like, yeah. I might be huh. a male Yeah. <laughs> because I was so uncomfortable at clever 
that like I was fighting it so hard that I was like, maybe I'm not a woman. Like this feels yeah. so strange. Yeah. It took me a long time, but now I've come to the term that like I am a woman. I'm just like a different kind of woman. Yeah. <laughs> like there are different types of females and and I'm just different. You're just And you that's know. okay. Yeah. And it's still female. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool cuz I I just But it was hard. That's definitely I don't know. I've always um we live in an interesting time about mm. like gender and sexuality yeah. and all that stuff. I think I have a weird I have a weird uh, thing about it where it's not like a traditional, um, I don't think it's a traditional cultural uh, cishet male reaction to like, I don't, I think when I was in high school, I felt that my theater department, our teacher, who was like a huge mentor of mine, he was gay and he was amazing. Mm-hmm. And he, but he was young for a teacher and we got him at least like, a, I've heard, I heard stuff from like generations before that was like, you know, when you're really young, imagining teachers in their mid twenties or late twenties, like being high school teachers, mm-hmm. that must be very confusing yeah. for them to, you know what I mean? Like, because you're not that separate. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think, and plus he's into theater and it, you know, that gets all weird. And, uh, so the ease to have like crushes on teachers and want their approval and maybe, maybe some, what we'll just say transference, you know, like what they call right. therapy that the teacher might have some inappropriate feelings or connections to. Okay. I feel like you'd see that a lot. And, and it became kind of like a joke almost that boys, heterosexual guys in the theater department would have like these crises of like, I don't know what my sexual identity is yeah. because they knew they'd get attention for it on some level. And they'd have like, and they'd have private time with our teacher who was like amazing, right. such a cult of personality, not his fault and not, but, yeah. and it became this thing that was like, Oh, dear so-and-so is like questioning their sexuality. <laughs> and and but I was, what if they were, <laughs> well, that's my thing. Maybe they were, maybe yeah. they were. Why do people end up in theater at all? But it, because we are just shitty teenagers and cause yeah. we were like everyone gossips and I was so embroiled in that world and I was just like, plus I feel like I got this attitude. I started like leaving the school to do theater in the city young. And I just like would get so grossed out by like theater culture stuff like that, like all the like massage circles and things that I was just like, I fucking <laughs> oh hate God, this. Yeah. I just want to do theater. I just want to tell stories about the truth. You know, it was like that Chicago, like, you know, storefront this theater. This is how I was with dance. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. We're like storefront theater. We're like, I'm doing it for real. Okay. Yeah. Don't be that fucking bullshit. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I had this thing about it that... <laughs> then when I get older and when I'm looking at myself and I have my own little like weird things about, I feel that, I mean, that's again, part of why I just, you resonate with me in the world mm-hmm. and, as a, some kind of a reflection feeling or something was like, cause yeah, I get my own gender feelings where like, I've been like, I don't even know if I'm a man also and, <laughs> right? and these things and feeling like very female inside, but at least to this point in my life, not like really ever meeting a guy that I, you know, maybe two on my hand, I can count that. Like, I was like, I fucking feel different feelings for them mm-hmm. that I usually only feel for women, but like never, you know, being in a relationship with a guy, I never like doing any of that stuff that you're just like, okay, so am I just doing it for attention now? Is mm-hmm. it like woke? Cool. Is it like, what am I, you know, uh, and, and on top of it, I have a weird thing in my brain too about, it's it's very I mean not to sound like a fucking turf but like it's a weird thing of like um like I I, I remember hearing about like how like RuPaul will like won't let um women on Drag Race or something like that or yeah. or or I think um trans you know women on yeah even. they just had one last yeah it was season. a new thing but mm-hmm. like prior to that it's just like oh what a weird idea that like. <laughs> 
that like you'd still be like, no, only men yeah. allowed and only men are allowed to be the the epitomized expression of femaleness. Right. And, you know, and I don't know. I just always felt weird about it. I was like right. kind of like as a cishet white male, I was like, it's just live in your fucking box, dude. Everybody uh-huh. else has to that. Like, you know, don't don't make this your domain also. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Where you just yeah. start to like figure out ways to put yourself away or at least quietly deal with it. But I really do relate to that. I, I was I said to Ali one time, I was like, I must have the weirdest fucking search algorithms because it's like it's like all this like gay and drag humor and stuff like that. Like I love like Brian Jordan Alvarez and mm-hmm. I don't know if you're they're so fucking funny. Yeah. And then like gun videos, like <laughs> shooting tutorials and, and video and like video gamers. Interesting. You know? Like yeah. just this weird but anyway, but I was just like, so I don't know that I, I do relate to that, that thing of like, what, it, I don't know. And I have also come to feel like I, I, I had, um, read on the show. We talked about being uh, trans stuff yeah. a little bit because, and one thought that came up there for me, I think everybody has their own journey and there are people who have true dysphoria about their bodies and know they're not supposed right. to be in it. Yeah. And then for me, it wasn't that there was definitely a feeling of like, no, I'm supposed to have this body and this struggle of confusion between its male feelings and its male chemicals. Mm -hmm. And then my sort of inner self that has some more yin female, like that negotiation is something that is part of me. Yes. I would agree with that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I was like in the middle of questioning, I was thinking about what would it be like if I took tea Like Uh if I started taking testosterone and then I was like, okay, I don't necessarily want facial hair. I don't necessarily want like cut muscles Mm -hmm. or like even a different body type. So that was a big thing for me. I was like, I don't think that's necessary as, as of now. I mean, I don't know if that's going to change, but I think the things that I was dealing with was more what society was putting on women yeah. And that's why I was like, okay, well, if that's what a woman is, then I don't feel like a woman. Uh-huh. Rather than like my body doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah. And like coming to terms with and trying to figure out what am I doing for pleasure and what am I doing because I was told to. Yeah. And and like so much of I mean, and I'm sure this affects men to an extent, but I think like shaving is insane mm-hmm. like i don't know where it started oh like your body like your yeah. legs and stuff like it literally just started from a company who wanted money yeah and they were like who can we get to shave women interesting i think that's very possible yeah I like that's and, very and possible. then being hairy became a masculine thing when it wasn't before yeah no one shaved <laughs> that's true i mean definitely men are tend to be hairier yes with their faces and yes. stuff but like having hair on my legs, that starting that journey was a bigger deal than I thought. I cried. I cried about it. Really? Starting to grow back my armpit hair, cried. Hmm. So like a huge deal. Yeah. And like I, I am so, it's like embarrassing how big of a deal that was. Huh. But it was like so pushed on me, especially as a dancer. Yeah. Wearing a leotard partnering with a man mm-hmm. if you are like hairy it's like gross it's looked at as like disgusting yeah and not beautiful and not a ballerina right and i was i grew up a ballerina so that yeah it was even harder i know what you mean you know that, like, that um it's especially strange that it's so enforced among dancers because i do feel like 
dancers like ten in my idea of a dancer, you tend well you're it's like a something fell. Um, <laughs> that you tend to be uh, dancers tend to be um, uh, to me like more tactile and more like living and like wilder in this way mm-hmm. that uh, doesn't really mix with um, arbitrary yeah uh, I think beauty certain, regiments you certain know what I mean? dance styles for sure they do, no yeah for sure modern dance is like very open as far as like haircuts and make stage makeup and all of yeah. that but. Ballet well, what I mean is like, don't you? Yes, for sure. Insane. Yeah, well, that's very the point is it's also regimented yeah. and so like, and very old school. Do you like? Do you still teach it sometimes? Even I oh saw. yeah, I pretty much only teach ballet. Um, I grew up doing ballet. It was all I did. I mean, I did jazz, but like I was a fucking ballerina. <laughs> yeah, and you know, wore my hair in a bun, wore a ton of stage makeup, wore leotard and tights and skirts yeah and that was like my uniform all the time what what appeals about it the movement and that's it how come like what about the movement i like um things that have names i i like being able to say a sentence in like tombe padre glissade soda shah and everyone Mm -hmm. who's a ballerina will know how to do that Mm. there's something that's like kind of mathematical about it like as far as a school subject to compare it to, it's like art, but it's the most scientific dance form because it's so mm-hmm. like every step has a name, every arm position, every head, it has a name. And so Got it's it. like easy to just say and like see it and go, yeah, I know what that was. Instead of like contemporary where if I did this, it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. An arm wave. But then you could think it's this. Is that, um, like what appeals because it's interesting to hear you be like chafe at the idea of the box of uh social beauty norms isn't that wild but then you find some freedom or something Mm -hmm. in this more regimented style of dance it's very interesting it probably reflects a lot on my life because while i'm while i'm free free in my expression i like routine i like my life to be very the same i enjoy the comfort in that in knowing what i'm doing every day and like having a schedule which is probably making you fucking i'm a capricorn oh yeah (laughs) it's probably making you crazy this like post job thing this freelance art yeah yeah it makes me nuts i feel insane (laughs) yeah yeah uh is it like do you think it's like is it like a haiku or like a villanelle you know what i mean like you have like a form yes and that allows you some like well okay i know my constraints Mm mm-hmm you don't have the blank page yeah i think like there's people who enjoy the like spontaneity of life and they don't dwell in this like you know what i think it is i'm very now yeah i have a hard time going well in in a few months i'll be okay and i'll be doing this and this will be it'll be great Uh i'm like right now sucks and so i'm just thinking of that i'm not even thinking like it's gonna suck forever all i can think of your is dog. that at the moment it sucks your dog now now yeah. life is now yeah life is now so, i mean that's how i am right i just more live in the present and i know so many people around me who live in only future who are just thinking like oh man in five years i'm gonna be like 
the next biggest and they're still passionate and they show yeah. that and they work on it every day and you're like wow that's i'm trying I to admire cultivate that, that. That's hard. i really am trying and i see it in alley i see in people in my life who i'm trying to steal from them a little bit yeah. to cultivate this like holding a vision some like magical thinking bullshit because mm-hmm. it's really hard for me it, it me too and the result is this like i'm 33 and i've like had a string of strange adventures that are i think are dope but like what is it built to yeah and that is frustrating and i would like something that I like because i don't i also feel part of it is seems to be like plan making because like you said i don't have a problem i, I find comfort knowing where i'm going to show up and what i'm going to do and then I like to work like when I'm Me too. in it, I know, I know how to like, I, I always love acting. Like if you get a movie or a, or a play, like I love knowing for like six months or whatever, or, or maybe two, three months, like what I'm going to do yeah. and just have this time to show up and do that job. And it's so satisfying because I like to work. I think it's weird when you're this kind of a person, because if you don't have that, you can seem very lazy. Yeah. But you're like, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, I just don't have it right now. So I'm gonna do nothing very diligently. Right. <laughs> like like I'm all my like, life into I'm nothing. working really hard right now. Every day is full. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm chilling on the couch twenty four seven. Right. I'm like booking myself for like dumb shit and yeah. just like shit in the interim. I don't know what I'm doing really. Right. I'm not making any money doing any of the I things know. I've got going on. I do that too. But like I'm passionate about them and I'm having fun and that's really all I can do. Yeah. And you feel like it's sort of tangentially somehow related to your thing of being a creative person. And so it's got to add up to something. Right. But I also still feel lazy, especially if I'm not like, if I'm not making money, it really feels like, well, am I doing, what am I doing? I know that's, that's fucking (laughs) annoying Yeah, because I get that too. And there's some truth to it. It's like, I got to fucking figure out how to do that. I don't know. I feel very broken sometimes. Like, I feel like such a fucking idiot. Like, I'm like, I just don't know how to fucking do this stupid ass thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels so arbitrary. It feels like, and still, and I've, I've tried to approach those feelings and therapy, like my wounds around money and done a lot of disentangling over this last year, which has been good, but it's still sometimes is just like, I don't spend like a fucking idiot. I'm not irresponsible. I just don't, I'm working, I'm doing stuff all Uh the time. I just don't know how to do the thing that so many other people in society can just do. And I, and I, ah, it's very frustrating. Trust me. I'm, I feel you a lot. I I feel crazy. I'm like, why, why is everyone else? Okay. Like, that's a question too, even real unrelated to money where you're like, well, one, I'm like, maybe everyone's not okay. Oh Yeah. Which is an obvious thing that people will be like, well, they're probably not okay. But the other thing is, I don't know. I think I think a lot of people are okay. I think a lot of people are okay. <laughs> Especially like the people I've surrounded myself with. I mean, I think like either they're not telling me or like I'm just weirdly honest. Because I feel like the people I, I know, hang out with. That's what I think. I think I'm weirdly honest. Right. Is it just To the point that sometimes the people close to me are like, stop doing that. But, and they but start I'm like, pitying yeah. me and stuff. And I'm like, I don't mean it. I don't mean to say like... Oh yeah, I'm not working anywhere. I'm broke. Like I don't I'm comfortable saying that, but I don't mean for you to say, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I just like No, I think that's the thing. Is I'm not trying to drag anyone down. I'm not even yeah. trying to drag myself down. I think what I'm trying to just now is that sometimes I think maybe it does. Maybe it like I start to get this idea yes. about that's who I am and that's and I'm telling that story over and over. 
and it's not really accurate. Like, like just as accurate as like, I've done amazing things. Mm -hmm. I have like a a really like growing little business thing. I've done some really dope stuff. I've produced even in recent history. It's like fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's still, maybe it's just this doom feeling of capitalism of like, it's never going to end. The desire, the suck is never going to end. So you better figure out like how to get a mountain of fucking gold to sit on. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I am doing great stuff. Yeah. Like I, in the past few months have like a laundry list of great things that I've done. Yeah. So why do you think those don't stick for us? I don't have money. Yeah. Like, I really feel like it stems from me still being poor. And that there's this weird thing of like, money if you don't figure out, yeah. The success. Yeah. And like, eyes equals success. Oh, eyes. See, this is, that I think is true too, and fucking kind of fucked up. Cause sometimes I'll be like, I'll, I'll have like a, a week or something where I'm like, oh, I got a lot of eyes this week. But I didn't get a lot of money this mm-hmm. week. But it doesn't feel and it, where I should be focusing on like, oh, well, let's just keep developing the business and getting business things right. going. I'll look back and be like, no, I was really busy. I did a lot of stuff. But you need a I don't know. I'm trying to figure out that like like life work life balance. And it, it's funny because I think I use those words to mean the opposite of what they usually do. Like uh, my work is the stuff that I don't get money for. Yeah. So I need to look at the life stuff so I can live my life. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. It's like, take care of your life and live your life and then do some work. No, no, right. you don't understand. I need to do the work I need to do is free. Yeah. I need to do that for free. Yeah. But then the life stuff is, you know, lifeblood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just weird to live in this time I, I, where everybody's just, we're all left to fend for ourselves yeah. and sink or swim. And Did you go to college? I didn't. Did I went there- to a little bit. Me I'm too. actually about to take another class. I'm super pumped about. It. Wait, where'd you go? I went. To, I went to Columbia College for like one. I went to Roosevelt semester. So there we go. Oh my Across God, we're like weird parallel people. How many years did you go? About half of one. I did two years. Oh, good job. Okay. I well, I stopped because I went. Basically, what happened was my my siblings, my family was falling apart. I had a bunch of siblings. And I told myself that I I knew that they wanted to go to college for real things. I was already doing theater, and I was like. Mm. I'll sign up to two schools to make my mom happy. I'm going to stay in the Chicago area. I was like, I signed up for Columbia because there's no admissions process. And I applied to Columbia, uh, University of Chicago. Yeah. And because I got good, good test scores and whatever, but I didn't do good grades because mm-hmm. I just didn't do my homework shit. I didn't get into University of Chicago. My thought was if I get into University of Chicago, I'll do that. Let's just go do academia. I'll get like a history degree or something and see mm-hmm. what happens. And if I didn't, I was like, I'll just do Columbia College, make my mom happy. Like I'm in school, but keep pursuing this acting theater thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up, I was in this play at the time. Uh, I was in a Clockwork Orange. I was 18 uh, at the Loop. It was like right off, it was on Roosevelt. It was yeah. right by, um, what was that theater? This There was like a storefront theater right off Millennium Park in the Loop. That was like, it, it had a number, was in the name, Space 37 or something like that. And it was a great experience, and I was like, other kid guys in the cast were like, my Droog from here went to DePaul, and this Droog went to like Illinois State, and this one went to right. Northwestern, and you're just like, I guess I don't need to go to a conservatory fucking theater school. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like put my focus there, and after half a semester screwing on college, I was like, Ugh, I don't need to do that. My this is expensive. Yeah. And I had siblings. And so I just didn't, but, but now I'm actually, I'm signed up. I'm going to go start a UCLA extension class. Uh, I'm taking a class in line producing. Cool. I'm super pumped. That's yeah. ex- I've thought about that 
taking just like a class. Well, cause I've produced a lot of things, but like the nuts and bolts part of it, like I'm a creative producer, quote unquote. Right. And I'd really like to have more power over like the budgets and, and being able to tell people yes and no about like Interesting, yeah. what they show me. Uh, it's a good so, idea. Yeah. I'm going to like learn how to line produce, I guess. Yeah. So in at Columbia, did you have a major or were you just doing Technically like film, but I did like a creative writing class. I took one film class that I stopped halfway through, mm-hmm. uh, but it's how I found out about Werner Herzog. So that was cool. And then, um, <laughs> and then I took a, a sculpture class or something like that. Did you enjoy it? Uh, at the time I liked the idea of it. It was just such a hassle. I didn't like going, getting to class. I lived in the suburbs still at the time and I didn't like having to get to like the South loop at 8am in the fucking winter. Yeah. I had this Jeep Wrangler that had like a plastic top with holes in it. Yeah. And it was just so fucking cold. I walked to school in the winter. Yikes. It was horrible. Where are you living? I was actually by Navy pier. Oh, wow. So it was like a 30, 40 minute walk. Yeah, it's a cold ish. Yeah. Ugh. And like sometimes, some days I took the bus, but it was so unreliable. Um, and I would be late all the time. And I just like, didn't, I wasn't, well, I went for, um, psychology. Oh, okay. Cause I thought when I, I actually got injured dancing. And so for about what two, was it? it was my Achilles. Oof. Um, I had an ostrigonum, which is an extra bone in the back of my heel wow. that was just like tearing tendons Ugh. and it's like cracked in half. Doing fucking ballet. Yeah. Yikes. So I had to give up. You're I mean, point, I got, you're like point and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So I got surgery and I gave up like after surgery, I tried, I thought I tried really hard. I probably could have tried harder. I mean, I always tell myself that, which is probably not good, but I ended up just not doing it. And so when my mom was like, you should go to college, I was like, for what? Like, honestly, all I did was ballet. I didn't care about school. I didn't even like really get that good of grades or test scores. So I was like, where am I? Yeah. yeah. Like I was just into dance. So, I mean, I took a fucking like aptitude test. My mom was like, take this, like do a Myers-Briggs and then Uh and had a professional administer it to me because she was like really concerned (laughs) that I wasn't going to do dance anymore. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And so it was like, you should be a therapist or a social worker. And I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'll go to psychology. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Why? (sighs) Like there's something weird to me about like learning too much. Oh, about the brain. Like it makes me feel too, it's like too meta. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go through life knowing why I'm thinking what I'm thinking. And it was but like at the time, that's how I felt. I think I would enjoy it more now. But I was 19 and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I thought like, this is not it. So I went and changed to media studies. Cool. And that's when I started making videos too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it good. worked out. Yeah. It's weird because now I think I didn't, I fucking, I mean, I left high school, um, as soon as I could, which ended up just being a semester early, but I basically got to my senior year and I was like, how fast can I get the fuck out of here? And they were mm-hmm. like, you can finish the semester if you want. I was like, great, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but now I'm excited. I'm like really excited to go back to school. I think I would be too. Yeah. I also did. I also did do some college, some like at Columbia, uh, at Santa Monica college. Okay. Um, like 
probably like eight, nine years ago, like shortly after getting to LA, I ended up getting a staph infection from jujitsu mm-hmm. and, uh, and complications from that led to me being in the hospital for like three days, sleeping in ice packs. And, wow. and then I, insurance was like, I stole my parents insurance cause you know, the under 25 thing. And I was, uh, and they were like, Oh, so you need to be a student. Where are you in school right now? And I was like, I go to Columbia. I go to Santa Monica College. I'm like, one second. And I signed up. Wow. And I kind of like retroactively was like, I'm in for the spring semester. So I did like a little bit of oh my that God. Genius. just for fun. Yeah. Genius. It was good. Saved a lot of hospital bills. And I learned something. I can't remember even what I took classes in, but I did it. <laughs> you learned. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But now I like relish it. I, I do like... I know what you mean about not wanting to know as much about the brain. Sometimes... That's been a thing about this podcast where I was even like, maybe I should fucking quit it. Like, <laughs> kind of like therapy. If you go to too much therapy, um, I think sometimes you got to go through phases of leaving therapy because you just feel too navel gaze. You feel too identified with, like, the thing I was saying about being afraid of being like, I'm too vulnerable and fucking weird. That's my brand online. It's so weak or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, when, like, sometimes you just want to do, like, put a glib, silly post up. Like, I follow people, I follow people who are, like, just such cartoons. And I and I like them. Yeah. Whether it's like, do you follow Bretman Rock? Yeah, yeah, like him or like Chris D'Elia or like people who are just like so like, you know, silly and yeah. like fucking arrogant in this funny way mm-hmm. that I find weirdly inspiring. And some days I feel like that, and I'm like, just be that, just be that online. It's more uplifting to see people being like, fuck it, we can beat life, than people being like, life's beating me up every day. I'm trying, but it's beating me up every day. You know what like, I mean? Like I totally, I get it, but the, also I'm just so against doing anything that doesn't feel natural to I you. I think you're right. I guess it just feels weird that like I do feel like I feel both things. It depends where you catch me. And there's a feeling that if you put something out, you've crystallized it and you've been like, this is here forever now. Mm -hmm. This is permanent. This is me. And anybody can find it and go like, you said this. Yeah. And that makes me uncomfortable. And that's like a moment in time. But I think that's what you were saying at the beginning about like to look back on your stuff. And sometimes you're like, "Ah," but you got to go like, no, that's where I was. That's where I was. Yeah. I mean, I had my my friends who I had a collab channel with um, back in the day, like 2012. Uh, they recently were like, we need to take those videos down. They don't make videos anymore. And I'm really the only one that like kept doing it. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to you're going to delete the channel. They were like, yeah, we're going to just delete it. Like, I was like, can't you just private the videos? Like, I want to oh, they'll be gone. Yeah. They were like going to delete it, Ugh. delete it. And I was like, no guys yeah we're gonna want to look back think yeah. about like when you're older older like it's been an, a cringy number of years right now yeah but eventually it'll be like a it'll number be, of years yeah. where you're like oh my Hell god yeah. look at these babies that's so true and i convinced them to private them Good. but i'm like the i'm like that kind of person where like i don't want to delete my old videos i don't want to private my old videos because th- that's a moment in time and i feel like everyone needs to remember that but it people don't especially today and that's more especially today well you know what's weird about that is like do you think you did anything like fucked up do you think you did anything like problematic um, I think like the few years before I started making videos were my most problematic years. Mm-hmm. When I was like 15, 16, 17, yeah. I was a shit show. But I said God, a lot of things I know, shouldn't have you're said. You're probably lucky that not much that's recorded. That's though. what I'm saying. And I think like I have grown so much yeah. to understand different people, different perspectives. Yeah. Like I was like weirdly religious in certain ways. And like, 
against certain things. Like I, I'll just admit I was against gay marriage because mm-hmm. I felt like marriage was like of the church. And if yeah. you wanted to be of the church, you wouldn't be gay. Yeah. Like the, I, I definitely thought like the Iraq war that. was a good idea when I was like 15 or 16. I was like you know? super for war. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I've grown yeah. so much. Yeah. I, like, it's it's weird. Cause do you feel like, um, it does make me think like, just I'm thinking now because there's this thing in this in the culture now a lot of like digging up people's fucked up things mm-hmm. they did. There's part that maybe I should have more patience for it. More like, hey, I you know, gotta let I'm, people get a chance to fucking change. You I have, have to- been really like struggling with when is when is it too much? When is the call out culture too much, and when is it necessary? Yeah, and when is like an apology enough? When is saying I'm I'm working on it enough? Yeah. And like, can we give people breaks? Is like there a certain age when it's too ridiculous to say certain things? Like, yeah, we don't know everyone's day to day life. I think the the moment I started growing and changing was when I started posting videos on the internet. Yeah. When I started connecting with different community communities all across the world, things changed for me. But if I were to stay in Lamont yeah. in my like little suburban town until I was what, like 27 and I moved out yeah, and like maybe did something big, got something big and tweeted something dumb. Well, I really do think like, um, fa- I always said like racism never survives in- like contact. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you get outside of your bubble, most people who hold some kind of opinion have just never, and it is, it is, I wonder about that because I, I always say, I think like martial arts had a lot of that for me. Like when I was 15, 16 and I started doing theater in the city, I also started doing like martial arts in the city and I would interact with people from all different, like diverse backgrounds where I lived in a fairly like white bubble in the suburbs. And suddenly like things that just, you know, like kind of like casual, not like racism in the sense, because no one was racist. Um, Here's an example. I, I, but I think yeah. I know where you're going. Like my friends and I would sing the N word. If it was in a song, yeah, we were sure. like, it's in a song. It yeah, was yeah. written like that. Yeah. We can say it. Yeah. I of course do not do that right. now. Right. I have changed my mind, but that was like a thing common where I grew up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff where you're just like, I don't know, just instinctively feeling like different people are different or like scary or foreign or yeah. something you're not going to know. And because they, they you didn't know to, them. Well, it's just to just dissolve once you start knowing them. And it was like, I, I don't know, can I even like feel particularly cool about like, uh, oh, I've always been cool with gay people. But it's like, you've also, also been in like artsy-fartsy communities. You're just exposed to gay people right. a lot. So maybe it's not anything special about you're so tolerant or so normal or like everybody's a person. You just are exposed to it. Yeah. And it feels like the older I get, the more you just can be like, well, people really are the sum of their experiences. I don't know how to fake those experiences for everybody who doesn't yeah. have them naturally. And then how much patience do you have for people who don't, don't try? Who do, well, definitely you don't try. try. I think, I think, I guess that's the point is to try to get people to just have open minds and be intolerant right. and stuff and be tolerant. not But we don't even have that patience. Right. For trying. Right. Like I feel, I feel like we immediately go to, Oh, you don't know. Yeah. Then like that's that. Well, I also think it's hard, especially. Yeah, it's hard for us to um get this idea of like I think we're kind of taught as long as your intent is good, you can't be wrong. Or at least that's how it feels inside. It's like, well, I can't be wrong. We're and taught you, that. You feel so defensive. You go like, no, 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 I didn't mean and to try to get your head around like I know nobody never knows you didn't yes. mean. 
we're trying to like change things up here. I know. I also feel like because maybe the answers that like even whoever gets to be the social police are, those are works in progress too. And those change. Yeah. But they like using the right terms and you know what I mean? I feel that that they're so like not willing to admit that things change and things grow and we have to like let people learn because things are ever changing. I mean, and especially like, I, what I'm not a big fan of is listen, if something's uncovered from your past or it was recent, whatever. And then that person says, I'm sorry. Yeah. And of course I, even if they say, of course I didn't intend for it to feel that way, but now I know that my intentions, you know, it's like a legitimate true apology. Yeah. They still, I'll still see like quote retweets. Like you're only sorry. Cause you got caught. Yeah. Like, yes. Right. But they're sorry because they got caught and it taught them something that yeah, they didn't know before. And that's possible. For sure. And I still see that slammed. Yeah. But I was, I mean, I think previously, like when I was 21, 22, I was a social justice warrior. Like really? I was almost to the point where like people would hate me because I was just calling out everything. Yeah. And so I think I went through that and, and I also learned that like, I was not perfect. Exactly. And I acknowledged that like my past was not shiny. Like I have to acknowledge that other people's isn't either. Right. Right. And it's hard. It is hard. Oh yeah. I guess I'm just like, I don't, I think the, Big, I, I guess I've said this on here before, but whatever. It, it is um, uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. I d- just just that I don't think I gain anything from just learning the language to like act to be like unoffensive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people do is like we, we learn like you they don't learn the underlying issue of whatever it is that makes things of power imbalances and, 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 uh, institutional stuff. And mm-hmm. like about how you affect people with your actions and words. Um, they just learn kind of what will get them in trouble or not. Yeah. Or what to say to get them out of it instead of like actually facing what they, what their internal weird feelings are yes. about men or women or yeah. gay people or straight people or I would agree different with races that. or whatever. Uh, and, and that, that I, I think, I don't know. I, I think about it like, I don't know. I, I, I just notice in myself, I think it's more and more important for me to be in the world who I actually am. I'm thinking about this a little bit because I, I started doing this other podcast this uh, week called Fight Stuff with my buddy Zeke. Mm-hmm. And um, Zeke and I have been friends for so long. And Fight Stuff is like, definitely if this is the yin, that's the yang podcast. Like this is very just me in this space of retro introspective and whatever blah, blah. right and and you know sensitive as fuck and just this open nerve and that's me i mean that gets in there a little bit i can't help it not being in there mm-hmm. but it's like i've always loved fighting i've been attracted to violence my whole life i still am and i i do it a lot and uh and and basically and in that world you once you get good at it like i do submission grappling which is it's wrestling basically, but um, instead of the goal being to pin somebody, it's to tap them out. So it's like joint locks and chokes, and it's vicious. You're like smashing people's faces and doing all this stuff, even though you're not hitting each other. It's like very intimate and violent, hmm. and but you do it casually and like you laugh about it. And and so this like 
I'm very irreverent. I'm much broer. We talk about fight sports and all this stuff. And it's almost like weird. I'm like, who am I? Like, am I this person or am I this person? But I started to feel more and more like I need to be all of who I am in the world. Por que no los dos? <laughs> Why yeah, not both? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and, but just getting comfortable with like, this guy is much more like, I don't know. He sounds so bro or so much less ro- like wokey than, and, and, and I don't know, but I think it's important to be more and more like who we are in our full spectrum selves in the world to just be like, you can look and sound like this and still give a shit about equality mm-hmm. and vice versa. You can be very concerned and struggling with trying to not step on anyone's toes ever, but also live in a world where animals eat each other and you like fighting. Yeah. Know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it's it's giving an example to maybe a direct audience that doesn't really think like that. Like, I think you have more power than you realize. I don't know, maybe, maybe like we do. with your other podcast, if if you're saying like, well, that is part of the goal of that podcast. I will say is like to hopefully create a space where I genuinely enjoy. Like I, I joke about it's called the it's for uh, it's the podcast for violence and violence enthusiasts. But I'm hoping, yeah, that it engenders. I don't know. I think there needs to be a space for people who are into like dark shit and and men to be into like boy shit to like kind of balance out their whatever and and to bring some more awareness to that world and i don't know to me i just think violence in our culture is stigmatized uh the way like sex used to be and and we need to like the eros thanatos thing we need to figure out a way because it's coming out in weird ways like the obsession with murder like and and culture I i think has to do with like a discomfort of like there's nowhere else to healthfully express violent instincts or, or that kind of attraction to darkness. Mm-hmm. And so it gets twisted into this really weird, like almost celebrity worship of serial killers that fucking weirds me out. And I feel like if people but, just had a place to indulge a little bit, you know, what's like, this is weird to actually admit, yeah. but sometimes I enjoy like interviews with serial killers yeah. because I relate okay. in a certain way. What about it? And I think a lot of people are scared to admit it. But there's things that like when they sound very self-aware of like exactly yeah. what what they're feeling and they say it with such like bluntness like that that's kind of what I, I don't relate to like wanting to kill my dad. Like I've never thought oh, I'm going to kill my dad. But, you know, like that that innate feeling of like it feels good to like hit something like the consideration or, of this strange existential and how separation. they're planning they're like just very thought out in how from start to finish they like kill someone i think there is something relatable in that like this idea that you could apply an analytical mm-hmm. observant brain of yourself that you are using only to serve a very impulsive, insane thing that you can't explain. Yeah. Like you know I'm meaning not like, I mean like it's not logical that I want to, um, make art or something like that. Yeah. But I know I can't get away from that instinct. So I'm going to use my other brain to uh-huh. figure out how to be allowed to do that. Well, and I think it's very, it's, it's calculated in a, I mean, obviously a twisted way, but like describing, you know, I noticed that she was wearing this and like, I don't know. It's all, it's all formulaic. And I think I relate to it the way they talk when it's formulaic. Interesting. But I also think that there is an innate, um, joy in violence. Like I I won't admit that, that. but I also grew up doing karate. 
Okay. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think I, I, the difference to me is very much why I think it's also a sex and violence sort of um, similar thing in culture of the repression of it is is the same thing that um, there's joy in sex also. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes sex okay or not is just consent. Consent. And, and so I think same, violence is I the same. I would say it's the same with violence. Yeah. I would I, agree. I think what I think is fucked up is like with the murder like sort of oh, love yeah. is like what that. like let's just substitute that in what if what if they what if they're just they just rape and a lot of those those serial killers do mm-hmm. i don't think it would be as like people would be as like oh this is my favorite rapist and stuff and you oh know? my god i think that's twisted it's fucked up yeah. it's fucked up and and arguably that's like for sure you're not killing somebody it's like a less violent crime it's a less like horrific permanent crime mm-hmm. sort of but like but in the culture, everyone's like super pumped about the idea of like, let's glorify murder and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Do you know so, what I mean? Yes. And I think you're mostly stemming from this Ted Bundy. Definitely like, the Ted Bundy stuff. That yeah, was lately. a really big thing. Well, and I got fucking grossed out by the trailer of the like rock and roll movie that they put out. And Interesting. I was like, you know what I'm saying? Where they did this like glossy, they made it look like this heist flick where he's like this like scamp, you know, he's gonna... I'm scared to say my opinion because I think I was, um, I think they did an excellent job at portraying how this guy made you feel. I think that's in real life. That's what my brother said too. My little brother kind of felt that way about it too. He's like, I think it's important. I just think that doing that being like, yeah, but that's how it was is a, is a convenient excuse for people where you're like, yeah, but what are you contributing to? And I guess that's funny for me to say as somebody who's now going like, no, I want to create a healthy space for us to have more (laughs) violence. Well, I do think it's it's um, not good that his victims are still alive. Yeah. I think it's, it's fucked up that this was not that long ago. I think it's fucked up that this is a real fucking person. That's right. I think it would be That's what I think. more interesting to delve into a fictional aspect of a serial killer and kind of make it in the same realm. Yeah, I agree with that. But then that's you're getting in. That's. I do think there's a difference and I don't know. I don't know why I'm making this excuse because I'm so existentially weird about everything else that I'm like, well, everything's narrative. Everything's like sort of this Mm -hmm. weird amorphous thing. And aren't we all just telling stories? And yeah, it happened for real. There's a million other things that happen for real that we use as allegories and metaphors. But I don't know. I think there's a strange, I mean, maybe it has to do with like profit or something like that, that it has to do with like literal profit. It's Mm -hmm. not just so we can gather around the fire as a, as a, a group of people and, and, you know, have shadow plays where we yeah. sort of look at our nightmare selves and examine. It just feels grosser and more like profiting off of these horrific things I, that happen to people. Yeah. I, I do. feel like we're like a hop, skip and a jump from like the reality show that follows somebody while they murder people. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It'd be really fucked up if I saw like someone who abused me like getting a movie made about that. I know. Like I, you'd be a character in it. Yeah. Then, you know, it would feel horrible. So that's why I think the whole idea of the movie is shitty. Well, you know, that does make me think I used to, always, I, I, I really love the idea of uh Loki in pantheons and then like, mm-hmm. or coyote. And then like every old pantheon has a space for gods of horrible things or, or of chaos or trickery. And, and isn't you know? it interesting how much and that's kind of what we're doing. Those like anti heroes and like, we like people who just kill people in movies like we're they're not looked at the same well that's that's part of what i'm 
You're talking about in like fictional films. Yeah, like fictional yeah. and like mostly fantastical movies. Well, that, that's where I do think this is part of this. Like, I do think violence like lives in us and needs a place to be healthfully expressed because I, 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 we all have fucked up things that, you know, maybe not all of us, but I think most of us. And I do think it's fine. It's part of being a person and things you can't control. It's like yeah. part of your weird reptile brain. Right. And finding healthy ways to do it. I, I totally get that. I do think it's interesting. Did you ever see this movie called The Way of the Gun? No. It was like this indie movie, very like Miramax feeling movie from that era of the 90s independent films. And I watched it again recently. What time is it? 1210. All right, we'll wrap this up soon. Yeah. Uh, that Long story short, it's it's like the script is like, they never make this today. Mm-hmm. And I read an interview then about the making of the movie that basically they were like, we wanted to basically we identified that people love violence in movies, but they need you to give them a narrative where it's okay. Like John wick, they mm-hmm. killed his dog. So now he has to kill 120 people. It's okay. Right. You know, or whatever. Right. And you can have fun. And they were like, we just want to make a movie that was like violent and action packed. But the, protagonists are just bad guys doing things for bad selfish reasons yeah and so you're gonna get what you want out of a hollywood movie but you're not gonna get the like payoff and i was like oh that's kind of an interesting thing to do to say we know you want this thing Mm -hmm. and we're not gonna give you the packaging that makes it like easy to be fun yeah i think what's weird is now a lot of movies exist that you don't even you don't you you've totally done away with the pretense of it's they're good you know right there's an excuse i mean i think breaking bad was the closest thing that i really enjoyed that had that sense where the good guys were actually just killing innocent people sometimes yeah and you're like okay how do i feel like and it is strange you're like this makes me feel like i don't like them Mm mm-hmm but also I still like them. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and that's always been fascinating to me is actually seeing the other side of things and seeing why people do bad things. Yeah. Because they do. They and I do. think to like say that none of us have ever wanted to or done something bad is crazy. I mean, especially when I see like cheating storylines because it's very common and I've never cheated on anyone, but it's so fascinating to me when I find out, Oh, that's why you cheated. Like, I get it. I'm not saying it was right. Yeah. But I, I feel, I have a lot of, I feel the same way with like understanding for people like, um, murder though. Yeah. Like, especially like murder that has, is backed up is not just random. Right. You know, cause there are obviously I, yeah, some people who that. just randomly kill people, but, yeah. but there's a, a lot of the time I just find it fascinating to understand like, why did you kill someone? And I think that's, what's interesting in a lot of people. And that's why it's, you know, getting popular. It's gross. And it's hard to admit that you like yeah. knowing why someone is, does bad things, yeah. but it's still really interesting. I agree. I definitely agree with a lot of that. And I think it helps me not do bad things because when uh-huh. I get into these well, circumstances, that's what I, think. I do think creating a space. And I guess this is part of my weirdness about it. I like, that's my whole point is I think, yes, I think it prevents you from doing bad things in real life when you have spaces to explore those feelings that and are like safe. understand it better. Yeah, and you have people that are participant mm-hmm. in it and stuff like that. Um, I think maybe I just don't like that. There's so much unconscious, like pursuing of these instincts that people don't really like where are those heading yeah that, that kind of feeling i don't like the what i don't like watching like movies and tv where people just kill people and you never understand it and it's just yeah or like they just do a bunch of bad shit and there's no relatability there mm-hmm. like there's a lot of characters written for tv that are just like 
you're just a bad person. And you never see the other side. You never like get to know how they grew up, where they came from, what yeah. made them this way. Would love them and I this. would always rather see both sides. Yeah. I, get I think that. it's very meaningless to me to just watch someone be bad. Yeah. Like, there's nobody that's just bad. No, because there's not. Well, more and more, I think there is some, I think bad, just bad does exist. Interesting. I, the, I guess you could always make an excuse for it that there is um, some yeah, reason that a person does it. But I think the reasons can be really shallow and, and be really like fucked up and really that like some people just, yeah, don't give a fuck as much or are more selfish and don't care or but don't I think get, other people exist as much, you know? <laughs> but I guess like when I wa- when I specifically watch interviews with serial killers, they have something wrong with their brain. There's uh-huh. something different that yeah. they don't feel how no uh, someone who has empathy feels. I think that is true. I think that's interesting. Basically, that I think a lot of people are like that. There's a podcast actually where 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 a guy says that he is sociopathic. He like has his own po- podcast about being a sociopath, and he believes that he is a sociopath and has to fight like the urge to huh like he's learned the rules of society yeah he's like, like he's just like playing along huh. essentially because he knows that he could do bad maybe things. that is part of the appeal maybe, maybe all of us feel like that on some level and that's why i think like we just learned all these rules but yeah i think i mean of course yeah. a little bit and it's hard to tell into, which one's which yeah because once you get down an existential hole you're like identity is so constructed mm-hmm. All right. Well, since, well, let's get out of here soon. I want to do the six quick cues with you. So the the, okay. um, the, the we'll just do the wrap up section. Okay. Um, the first one's always like, uh, and I kind of tie the first two together now, which is, have you ever been diagnosed with any mental stuff, or do you mm-hmm. have? And if not, like, what's your kind of what do you struggle with? And the second question is always like, what medications have you tried? And that can also be like prescription or not or whatever. Okay. Um, I in college actually. I was officially diagnosed with depression. Mm. I think even when I was a kid, my parents took me to see therapists, but they never really like concluded that I had depression or didn't say it. I don't know. Maybe they did. My parents didn't tell me. Who knows? I don't think I ever took medication until I was in high school and I actually ended up taking Ativan's um, which is like anxiety yeah. stuff. And I wasn't taking it legally. It wasn't like prescribed to me. Yeah. Um, and then I stopped quickly cause I, I, I became, there's something about becoming too self-aware on your day to day that it bothered me. Like I got paranoid all the time. Um, huh. so I actually, when I moved to LA started smoking weed Yeah. and I was very like dare, I'm against drugs. Oh, interesting. Like, so it was a big deal for you to start. To yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had never done it until I was 21. Did you drink? Yeah. I went through a v- heavy drinking phase. Before you were 21? Before I was 21. Probably 16, 17, 18 yeah. was like the worst. Yeah. I just think that's so interesting because it's fucking insane that marijuana is yes. like a drug. Yes. And alcohol is just this sneaky thing. Yeah. It's that really, I mean, yeah. we could, I could go on sure. and on about that, yeah. especially going to AA now. Um, but when I smoked weed, oh my God, <laughs> like yeah. I swear it has changed my life. Yeah, me too. I have become 
so much more understanding Hmm. of different people's perspectives. I can feel deeper. Hmm. Like I used to block a lot out and I used to not want to share, feel, cry as much as I do now, but I'm like really openly emotional since smoking weed. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. You smoke weed and dance? Oh, for sure. That's huh? I smoke like to work out. I like all of my improvs, I smoke weed before. Well, I was going to say your improvs, because it's just the ballet, but you're, you're, I've, uh, you seem my to be exploring a very contemporary space. For sure. Yeah. No, I like, I like hip hop influences, especially like tutting and, and like, like yeah. reactionary, like what does, what happens Contact if like, improv. yeah, what happens if I like touch my nose? Like where would it go? Cool. Like, can yeah. I draw shapes? You know, like, yeah, that's what I like to do is mental body mind connection. Yeah, I'm into yoga. I mean, this is like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> really LA of me, but I know I love it. I used to, um, what was I gonna say? I don't know what I was gonna say. I just did a music video, I got to dance. I know Steve. Mitch showed me, yeah. Oh, he did, yeah, yeah. I was psyched, really about cool, it. yeah. I was psyched because I don't do, I like. We'll screw around on Instagram and stuff, and I'm gonna try to bring it back because it feels really good. Yeah, it's it really feels nice. great. That was a scary thing to do because I was like, oh, totally dancer. He said because we were talking about you to come maybe choreograph. I, I think. know he and told I think me, but like a no, it's all right. Thing. It's all right. Would yeah, helpful because I definitely was running out of though. ideas in the middle of the fucking night. I don't know. You really should. It's very freeing. I love it. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, can I ask also on that because that mm-hmm. was we didn't we touched a little bit on it like but in it seems like I can come back in this in this part of the questions what is the, the your gender exploration stuff you're talking about or what was that did that start happening like the item doing the makeup thing and whatever around the same time or where are you with that because i i don't know anything i just see it from afar and i find it inspiring and interesting but um i guess like it's probably been two years now like on and off where i've been not wearing makeup and and figuring out what I like to wear and what I was forced to wear, mm-hmm. but I'm really in it now. <laughs> it feels very authentic now. Was cutting your hair a big deal? You know, shaving my cu- yeah, head, cut cutting it short was honestly not that big of a deal. The shaving your head, I guess, shaving is more my the- head yeah. felt wonderful, really? but I don't know that I equate that with any of my gender really um discovery no i think like something that is important to me that i realized was important to me after i shaved my head was that women can have shaved heads (laughs) and definitely agree with that and like still be 100 percent female right but it's it's looked at as like an act of yeah like defiance and i guess maybe it was you know, I'm not going to lie and say that society didn't, you know, tell me like this is yeah. a freeing and cool thing to do and it'll feel great yeah. and you'll feel like, I don't yeah. know, but, yeah, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I, I don't love it if I'm being honest. Really? I wear hats all the time. That's cool. And so I'm like thinking it. like, do I like to wear hats or do I not like my hair? <laughs> Interesting. I, I started, know. I don't know. That's a, I, I, that's a personally that's resonant i don't know i started wearing hats a lot more over the last year and i don't know what it is because i feel like now i feel comfortable with them on so much and i i have some hair i did notice recently i was like i think my i started to like notice hair thinning a little bit and you know not that anybody else but i you know just things i notice i'm 33 and um 
my Does mom's side of the family. You? And I was surprised to be bothered. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I should start taking some stuff. And I always, before, I was like, nah, fuck it. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be who I am and whatever happens, happens. And if it starts to go away, I'll just shave it off too and blah, blah. And then I was very surprised to feel this attachment to it. Yeah. While I want to be somebody who's just with myself wherever I'm at, I was like, yeah, and I, I still kind of hate that reaction of myself. I don't know. No, I... I feel that way mostly with aging. I know you said that like mm-hmm. youth isn't a big deal for you. But, but well, no, it, I'm saying it. What I was saying was I don't want it to be, but I find myself right. surprisingly like, Affected. I wish I was a fucking cool. Wow. I'll never be like a cool teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it is like, I don't, um, re- I don't feel that. I don't feel that quote unquote, but I do in my guts kind of have that reaction mm-hmm. still sometimes. Yeah. I really struggle with aging and like my face changing like my body shape changing how i feel about my body changing like finishing a dance rehearsal and being like oh god i can't walk like i'm 26 (laughs) really you know and it only gets worse yeah is all i've heard so pretty much that's like that is a fear like I look at that but and I'm like, just I don't keep want moving. that. If you don't yeah. get beat up by that thought and just be like, I'm going to move however I move wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. That's the best. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Because I definitely feel that after, you know, I spent all my 20s doing different kinds of MMA and 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 uh, and CrossFit and shit like that. I definitely can't work out like I did then. Right. But I'm a better, I'm better jujitsu than I ever was for sure. So you're like, I think it's good to just focus on the doing and the yeah. feeling. I know? feel like I'm a better dancer. Yeah. Than I was. Yeah. Even when I was healthier. Even though you're like less physically, whatever. Yeah. Um, Okay. The third question I think is always, um, what's something dark about you? (laughs) Um, No, no, no. It's not. That's the fourth one. The third one is what's something cheesy you find inspiring? Oh. Um, Children's TV shows about dancers and going to like a dance academy. Oh, cute. I really love watching what, what that about shit. about like dance moms? No. Reality <laughs> shows, not so much. Yeah. I like scripted like dramas about kids. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but like for some reason watching those, I'm like, oh, cool. I relate. And I'm like so much older, but yeah. I constantly relate. Yeah. To even the kids I teach. I'm like, y'all are not that much younger than me, honestly. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's inspiring. <laughs> and I feel more related to them than a lot of like people my age sometimes i feel like a child for sure in my heart and so that's very inspirational to me is seeing like how kids move (laughs) what about it like when they dance i'm like oh shit they're good even if like it doesn't have to not like with a precision or or like you know what i mean like i'd assume that means like there's a childlike way of moving yeah like facial expressions this like freedom this like not bogged down by like finance life you know like they're just going to school and going to dance yeah and they have their own problems and i just really respect the kids i teach and like kids that i see in in media it's it's a quality that i try to keep in my life childlike yeah more like innocent less negative and and just like taking it day by day yeah okay the next question is what's something dark about you which i really should eliminate because every time i do we like we talk about it like you said you like listening to serial killers that's a pretty good dark thing about that it. is like but, a weird you know i don't know i should get rid of the, the, the originally was intended because 
I think people put so much front up and we don't like to talk about the fucked up parts of ourselves. <sighs> but then we've done a pretty good job. This but, podcast yeah, has come to do that get, now. Yeah, you get I don't know. Do you want to add anything? I'm, I was pretty open this yeah, whole time. I, know. I enjoyed it. I said a lot of things that were scary to say. Yeah. But hopefully nobody's too judgmental. Yeah, I don't think this it's seems to be fear. a pretty forgiving. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder. I, 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 uh, I gotta stop. I just don't give a fuck about it anymore. Well, that's actually uh, completely the opposite. Every I time do I say, give a fuck so much. But the point is that I want to very Push much be it. who I am and whoever's with me. Yeah. And if we have messy things that we're expressing, being like, well, I think a lot of people listening have messy things that they are maybe afraid to express or whatever. And I like to think that we create a space where people can be messy yes. and be honest in this journey of trying to be better. Yeah. That's how, I mean, that's a beautiful sentiment. Um, all right. So then, uh, what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Oh, that's the fifth question. Um, so coming into your apartment, I love people's apartments. Uh I love getting a sense of who they are from where they live. Yeah. And I think I was like enamored. Oh, I was oh, like, right. I was like, this looks really fucking lived in. This yeah. looks like you were playing piano. Like there's a sheet. Well, there's my a piece roommate, of sh- you know? I don't care. Yeah. You know, there's like something to. very like, you don't have to make excuses for it <laughs> because I would do the same thing in my apartment, but yeah. I'm looking at this cool chair. I'm like, this is just by the window. Do you have coffee there sometimes? Like gorgeous. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. I feel that way about it too. I love yeah. this. Place. It's the only place I've lived in LA that I, and I've been here three, two or three years now with my roommate and mm-hmm. But thank you. All right. I appreciate no, it. feels that's good. That's awesome. I was like, wow. Something I love about that. Yeah, because that's something I, uh, yeah, I feel that way about it. So it's really fucking awesome to hear that. Cool. Someone else feels that way. Hmm. All right. The last <laughs> question is always, I have this thing so the don't kill yourself list, which is I started when I was in a really bad time in my life. And yeah. I always started with coffee sandwiches and lavender soap. And it's just like things that are accessible and to me, to my subjective reality, objective reasons to stay alive. Mm. So I would like you to add something okay. or if you, whatever. What would you put on a don't kill yourself list? Hmm. Yeah, my couch. <laughs> I fucking love my couch and it brings me happiness to lay in it. Yeah. Um what about it? What kind of couch is it? It's like this couch pretty much. Like a three sectional. Yeah, like I think there's Ottoman I think there's three cushions here. But then like one of these a cha- guys. A, a long, a chaise a long, long. A chaise. Yeah. I don't know. It's just nice. Is it from IKEA? No, oh, it's like from a random <laughs> furniture store. Yeah, so that one's great. A good couch is a good one. A good couch, um, sunlight. Yeah, feels good. It does. I've been really enjoying opening all my fucking windows and my blinds and just like being happy with light. And um, my dog. Yeah, what kind of dog you have? She's a Chihuahua, like huh? Spitzy. I think it's a skipper key technically, but nobody really knows what that is. A skipper key? A skipper key. Never heard of that. Yeah. She's cute, man. That sounds cute. She's a star. All right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having you me. Want, I, you want to say where your Instagram is or something like that? Oh, yeah. I don't think I introduced myself once. Yeah. I don't. Well, that's what okay. I've been doing is <laughs> I, okay. I um, usually do like an intro, oh, an intro where I talk. Totally. But I might start getting rid of that too, which I'll talk about in the intro of this one. <laughs> because... 
I kind of like that thing we're talking about. Creating more like vibey. Let's just go in. Let's just. And like I like that lodge. about it. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, I usually do do a, a little. Ava Gordy, everywhere. Ava Gordy. Yeah, AVA. Cool. Cool. I don't know. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you. I, I enjoyed you're it. Get there on time. Yeah, this kicked ass. I will. It was kind of cool, just to, like personally. I know. Get to know, get you, to more, know finally, you better. You know? All I right. Enjoyed it. Bye, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks again, guys. My Good Bad Brain is a production of MindGM Media. If you dig the show, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Money there helps out a lot. And um, be well. Self-care. Hydrate. Leave a good review of the show if you like it. Okay. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.